Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com acast, and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com acast. The Race for the Ring, episode 100, From Lonely to Love, with Dr. Morgan Anderson. You're listening to The Race for the Ring. I am your host, Mindy Barnett. I'm an entrepreneur, motivational author, keynote speaker, television contributor, and a single mom. Since re-entering the dating world after my divorce, I found dating life eye-opening. In the age of Tinder, Bumble, and Hinge, there seems to be more horror stories and humor than happy endings among my friends and social circles and I want to know why each week we'll chat with a different dating queen or king socialite or relationship expert and explore the many facets of dating today pitfalls to steer clear from and how to find the finest fish in the sea get ready set go Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Race for the Ring. I am a very relaxed Mindy Barnett today. Um, I just got back from a lovely vacation with my children and another family in Puerto Rico. And um, other than a little bit of sunburn, uh, we had a very nice time, to say the least. The weather was incredible. And we had um, lots of fun in the sun and so forth and so on. So I'm really chilled today. But I'm excited to share with you um, as we head into spring. Um, we're actually in spring, I should say, um, as we head into the throes of spring and heading into the summer months, um, which is typically when everybody kind of comes out of the shell and looks for love. We're going to arm you with some information and weapons, so to speak, as you <laughs> hunt for your partner out in the wild. Um, this this uh, this doctor's incredible. She has a uh, an eight-week course that actually en- enables people to kind of like do some work, dig in deep, figure out their mistakes along the way, um, kind of heal from the past and then look for love in a healthier manner. But we talk a lot about that. We've talked a lot about, um, and different attachment styles we've discussed before here on the race for the ring, but we focus predominantly on this show on the anxious and avoidant because they tend to be the two that attract the most. So let me tell you a little bit about Dr. Morgan. So she is, um, a certified therapist, psychologist, um, obviously with her PhD, she's a doctor, but she's uh, now segued into the relationship coaching space. Um, she is an attachment theory expert, which is why we focus this show predominantly on that topic. And she's also the creator of the ESL relationship method, where she helps her clients who are women get off what she calls the dating roller coaster 
raise their self-worth and attract the healthy relationship that they've always wanted. So she created this eight-week course, as I mentioned, it's called Empowered to Cured Loved Program. And it enables her her clients, which are kind of international at this point, because it's really popular, to obtain a clearer path to secure attachment and the love that they want that will actually last um, forever. So we all want that, right? So let's get right into it with Dr. Morgan. Hello, Dr. Morgan. Thank you so much for joining us today. Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Sure. So let's talk a little bit about, I mean, our title of the show today is From Lonely to Loved. So you um, have basically built your career uh, to help people like me and others listening uh, kind of get out of that on, I guess, the zone of discomfort or work through their issues and things of that nature. Because even if you're in a relationship, if you have, haven't worked through your own stuff, as we like to say in the clinical mm-hmm. world, um, you um, are not really showing up as your best, the best partner that you can be. And obviously the, you know, the, the, the future is not necessarily going to be smooth sailing, so to speak, because there's things that inevitably come up. So let's talk a little bit about how you got into this field and specialized in the relationship sector of clinical psychology and, um, or it's like, or just, you know, um, therapy, et cetera. And also a little bit about your eight week course, the empowered secure love program. I love it. Yes. So There's a long story, but I'll do the short version. Basically, there was two things that got me into this line of of work. Mm -hmm. Um, Number one is I watched my dad actually go through marriages. So my dad has been married four times and he's in a great relationship now. Okay. Um, But growing up, I witnessed that and I witnessed the turmoil and the chaos and all the things. And I made a promise to myself, I will never go through that. Um, The other thing that really happened was I was in my second year of my doctoral program at Portland. um, And I got into a really terrible relationship. I dated a narcissist for about a year and a half. And that relationship ended in a near death experience. And it oh was Oh my one- God, you have to share a little bit about that. You can't just say that. Skirt <laughs> by. I'm sorry. I'm like a journalist. So <laughs> I'm stopping you and we'll go back to the rest. Totally, totally. And it was just one of those rock bottom moments. And I always say to people, I hope that it doesn't take a rock bottom moment for you mm-hmm. to do the work, but that's what it took for me. And after that time, I finally went to therapy and worked on all the stuff that I had avoided from my childhood. I dedicated my studies to attachment theory, emotionally focused therapy for couples. And I just, I said, I'm going to figure this out. I am going to have a great, healthy relationship. I'm going to stop repeating these toxic patterns that, that I have been my whole life. Right. So Um, I did. And then I, you know, my, my whole drive is that I don't want women to go through pain in relationships. Relationships should add value to our life. We all deserve to have great relationships and high self-worth. 
And the goal of the Empowered Secure Love Program is just to help women get to that place where you're confident, you're securely attached, and being with your partner, building a relationship is fun and easy, and you know how to do it. So basically from, you know, I I always say I took lemons and turned them into lemonade from my own experiences. I was totally motivated to create this career and to help women. That's awesome. So you're pulling from a lot of personal experience too. All right. I have to ask you though, if you don't mind sharing, what was the near death experience? (laughs) So I had been dating this guy off and on and he was a narcissist And, you know, he did all the classic love bombing and he was like flying me all around and buying me things in the first six months of our relationship. I didn't know about love bombing at that point. Instagram wasn't as prevalent. Like there wasn't all this information out there. I didn't know what was happening, but I was in a classic narcissistic relationship. And you were in grad school, right? You said you were getting your second. So you were were seeking your degree in psychology and you still didn't realize, which I'm not faulting you. I mean, it happens. But I'm saying, I think that's a really good point to drive home to the people listening who might feel bad um, if they are in a situation or have been and they're recovering from that, like, you know, um, emotionally, it can happen to anybody. If it happened to you, it can happen to anybody, right? Like you're like, our eyes are wide open to these like personality disorders. And yeah, it showed up on your doorstep and you didn't see. Exactly, Mindy. I've coached, you know, psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, lawyers. Um, There was a woman who was a fire chief, like all these like very high level professional women who have Mm -hmm. been victims of narcissistic abuse. Narcissists do not, you know, they they can really um, get anybody to fall into their trap. So yeah, absolutely. Pretty talented people. Okay. So go ahead real quick. And then we'll go on to what the show is about, which is positive, (laughs) a positive message. I just have to know. Yeah. 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 So, um, basically what had happened is, um, you know, he had substance use issues as well, which didn't come out until about six months in. Mm -hmm. Um, but some of my backstory, like my grandparents were killed by a drunk driver Oh, and God. I have I'm like sorry. a really, when my mom was like nine years old, I have a really tough time with drunk driving and yeah. technically him and I had broken up, but he messages me and says, Hey, I'm going to drive drunk unless you come pick me up. Cause he knows that that's a thing for me. Right. So I go to where he is. He gives me the address. I thought it was just like a bar or something. Turns out it's like a strip club. And I walk, I walk into the strip club and there's this naked woman like on him. And he's like making out with her. Awesome. Okay. So then I flee immediately. This sounds like when I, as I tell this story, I'm like, wow, this was such a different version of me. The fact that I was even in this, it, it like blows my mind right now. But anyways, I flee to the parking lot. He follows me to the parking lot. I'm trying to drive away in my car and I'm, I'm like at the car. And he pushes me in the car and he's going to drive away. And he's he's saying, I'm going to drive off. There's it's Portland. He's like, I'm going to drive us off a bridge and kill us both. Like, Oh my God, that's scary. It was terrifying. Thank God there was a witness. Suicide sounds like that's what he was saying. There was a witness and they called the police. Thank God. And And I wrote, I, I filed a police report and got a restraining order. And that was that. That was my yeah. 
rock. That's bottom. very scary. So he was actually driving with you in the car, drunk. Not very far, but yes. Yeah, but he attempted to. Oh wow, that's scary. Okay, well, I'm sorry that happened to you. Thank but, you. You know, and um, it, like I said, rock bottom. I remember just sitting on the floor in the lobby of my apartment building with the police, per, the, the policeman filing the report. I like literally couldn't stand. I was so emotionally wrecked. Oh, sure. (laughs) And that that was the start of it all, you know, and that was, that was eight years ago, nine years ago now. And I'm a completely different person. Okay. Well, that's awesome. That's horrendous story, but obviously with a silver lining, we all have to go through really bad things, unfortunately, in life to kind of come out on the other end and be stronger. So I'm glad you certainly have done that to say the least. And now you're using that as empowerment to help other people. So that's absolutely incredible. Yeah, of course. All right. So we're going to talk about attachment styles. We've done this topic in the past. Um, I'm kind of obsessed with it. I, <laughs> to say the least, uh, but um, you have a different take on it. You have a, there's some more information that we're going to bring to the table in this particular show. So um, let's talk a little bit about that. So the main attachment styles I want to focus on is like obviously secure and insecure because those two, correct me if I'm wrong, you're the expert, not me, um, tend to attract one another because they feed off of each other, correct? Like, and then yeah. we can go into the avoidance situation with the people that um, may be fearful of being in a relationship because they were maybe neglected as a child or something like that. Absolutely. So- yeah. There's, there's four attachment styles, mm-hmm. um, secure, anxious, fearful, avoidant, and avoidant, fearful avoidant, also known as disorganized. Mm-hmm. But that's the dynamic that you're talking about is anxious avoidant. They're so attracted to one another. And why is that? Let's get into some of that, what the yeah. signs are for and how to kind of, after we get dive into that, we'll kind of swim to the, to the safety of the beach to find out where I should be back from Puerto Rico. I'm all about the beach. Um, we'll find out how to kind of like fix that for yourself. I love so it. Let's do yeah. it. This is my favorite topic. So um, if you are anxiously attached and you walk into a bar and there's a hundred people in there and well, okay, there's 101, a hundred of them are securely attached and one is avoidantly attached. You will be attracted to the avoidantly attached person. Why? And how do you seek them out? They've right. Yes. They, they don't have radar. So how do you know? So what, go to that person. Yeah. What ends up happening is in anxious attachment, we have a lot of beliefs about love. We believe that we can be abandoned. We believe that we have to work really hard for love. We believe that love is hard to, to get and to maintain. Um, we also Put our we, we tend to devalue ourselves and place the partner on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. Um, so all of this is you're able to feel it. There's there's part of this that is biological. We in our brain we have our attachment system, right? That's that's saying like this is your model for a relationship. This is this is how you need to show up, and this is what the other person will be like. So, so your brain has that model and then unconsciously you're going to be attracted to the person that lines up with your model hmm. for, for love. So if it's anxious, if, if I have anxious attachment, I'm going to be attracted to an avoidantly attached person. 
And I'll always joke with my clients, you know, they, they feel like they're dating the same guy over and over, but they have yeah. a different haircut, right? Like it's the same yeah. exact or different name. Yeah. 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 I feel like that too, actually. And I think I'm um, anxious. I definitely think I'm anxious. I'm working on it, not becoming anxious. I'm, you know, I'm in school, I'm getting my Absolutely. degree and I'm doing therapy because it's part of it. But yeah, no, I definitely think that. All right, continue. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, you're, you're totally good. And what I always tell people is there is always a way to move towards secure attachment and not that's, that's what I've been able to do. And that's why I built my program is to help women do that. So no matter if you're listening, you're like, yeah, that's me. I'm going to be attracted to the emotionally unavailable person. You can <laughs> change that. You can. Absolutely. Okay. I have two questions. So mm-hmm. you're atta- attracted to the emotionally unattached person um, because you feel you need to do the work to get the love and they're going to make you do the work because they're not, is that, am I right? Is that the right, like, Am I in the right lane? Okay. Yeah, right. the model that you have for a relationship is that, you know, I'm going to have to work hard, that love is not available to me, mm-hmm. um, that my partner could leave at any time, that they're mm-hmm. already halfway out the door, that they might cheat on me, that they might, you know, and mm-hmm. what ends up happening is you're attracted to that person who's emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. Um what will happen a lot is anxiously attached folks will be really attracted to long distance relationships, or maybe you'll, you'll date a string of married people or people who are already in relationships. And these people are so emotionally unavailable. And that's what, that's what you're attracted to as an anxiously attached person. And then if you have someone who's showing up at your door with roses and ready to be with you. And they're saying, wow, I see so much potential. You're like, oh, something's wrong with them, right? Because it doesn't fit your model for a relationship. It's so true. I get so turned off. I mean, even though that's really what I say I want, and I think I do in my subconscious want that, but it's true. Like the nicer they are, the grosser they seem. All right. I have a few things I want to share. I always like to chime in with my own like experiences to add like some authenticity to it in terms of my role. (laughs) All right. So I think, and I did some research, this is uh, typically uh, the pattern is sort of embedded when you're a child because it's based on, and a let you speak to that a little bit. And then the other part that I'm going to bring up. So for me, I think that I did have a very solid upbringing with my parents. They made me feel secure. They were very loving. I definitely wasn't neglected or abused or, you know, I was fully loved and supported. But I think my issue is, and this is through therapy, um, I there was a guy that I dated before I was married. I'm divorced now, but this was somebody I was involved in. I think when I was in TV, you know, it was definitely still in TV news and we were dated. And prior to him, I was in very, very like secure relationships. I mean, they, they ended, but they ended like fine. Like it was either me or them or whatever, I, you know, it wasn't like this guy was just so noncommittal, but he would bring me back and he would, bring, he wasn't a narcissist. He, he, I think he just had like, I think he was immature, frankly, but it messed with my head so much that after that, I think I felt like I wasn't worthy of love, you know? And so then I would seek people that 
were either not nice to me, um, you know, like or didn't give me love the way I deserve to be loved, like things like that. So it was just um, not good. All right. So go. So I want you to speak to the parenting situation and also the fact that it can happen to you. You can turn into that model, you know, if a life experience like I'm sharing, you know, kind of is yeah. you know part of your makeup, so to speak. Okay. I'm so glad that you shared that because a lot of people have this question for me and the, the research, including more recent research does support that your attachment style can be formed from your romantic relationships. It does not have to come from the parents, which is what previous research would, would say, right? That, Oh, it's only mm-hmm. from the parents, but mm-hmm. I've coached mm-hmm. so many women where they talk about the attachment wounds and the attachment injuries actually came from early romantic relationships mm. or, or, or relationships that caused them a lot of pain that were significant relationships. So a hundred percent to, to what you said, it makes sense to me. Um, a lot of times people do have parent wounds and, and what can happen is that as a child, you have to have a relationship with your parent for survival, right? You can't just say, hey, I'm not getting my needs met. This isn't working out. I'm going to go. Like, right. it's, it's your parent. You right. have to have a relationship for survival. So you learn ways of being in order to get the connection needs. Because as humans, we all have connection needs. Mm-hmm. We need we need to try to have a reliable attachment object in our life as, as children, which is the parent. So you form these ways of being to try to get those attachment object needs met as in, okay, there's somebody I could go to. There's some relationship that I have, but if the parent is not reliable, if they're not tuned into you, if they're there and then they're not there, they're inconsistent, maybe they are critical of you, maybe they're devaluing of you. All of these things can cause you to develop either anxious, avoidant, or disorganized attachment strategies. Because that's all it is, right? It's strategies to try to get your needs met. Um, and then what happens is this phenomenon, maybe you've heard of this repetition, compulsion, mm-hmm. we're repeating the same relationship dynamics over and over and over. And this is unconsciously. Mm-hmm. And then the subconscious wish is that, well, hey, I'm going to have a great relationship. I'm going to have a different outcome with this unavailable person. And once I have this different outcome, it will make up for all of the pain of the past, all of my parent rejection, everything I went through. So yep. we, we repeat the same relationship dynamics over and over and over, unconsciously desiring that different outcome. And of course, it ends the same, right? And, and, and I say a heartbreak is dating the same kinds of people over and over and over and expecting a different result, just like insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting yeah. a different result, right? So think, yeah. Yeah. the same relationship dynamics over and over and over, but you're like, this time I'll win them over. This time I'll win their love. And this time I'll be enough. And then it'll make up for 
all the pain in the past that I experienced. Yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't. So let's talk about how, I mean, you have an eight week course, so I don't expect us to talk about what you learn in eight weeks with you, but if you can give us like a, like sort of a window, like I open the, the window a little bit to some of what you share to sort of get your patients out of that icky place where they're constantly repeating and, you know, going over and over like a, on a wheel, like a mouse. So yes. I love that question. And yeah, I'm, I'm an open book. I can talk about it. So women who come to me, they are at that place where they say, Hey, I want a great relationship. And most importantly, I want a great relationship with myself. Like they all, they all realize that their confidence is missing, that they're not showing up for themselves how they need to. Um, so the first half of the eight weeks, the first four weeks is focused on number one, releasing your past relationships. And I take people through an exercise where we look at all your significant relationships and we find the patterns and I have you answer questions that show you what kinds of relationships you're repeating. And there is something about that like seeing it all out and seeing the patterns, Mm -hmm. people get a ton of value just out of that. And that's in like Mm -hmm. the first week. Mm -hmm. Um, And then from there, part of the other thing we're focusing on the first half is just rewiring your relationship belief system. So we all take in these beliefs from childhood, from past relationships about ourselves and beliefs about relationships And we have to let go of the unhealthy ones, the ones that don't serve us and replace them with the relationship belief system that's going to actually help you have a great relationship. So so we definitely do that. Um, And that's very powerful as well. The the first half of the program, I'm always like, okay, you got to have a ton of self-care. You're doing so much work, right? Like not not everybody wants to do it. Um, But the people that do, I mean, it's so life changing. And then the, the second half, just real quickly, we focus on moving you to the securely attached version of yourself. Most people just have lost sight of what that even looks like or feels like. And we have mm. to intentionally give you the roadmap of, hey, this is you as your securely attached self. This is what it looks like. This is what it feels like. Um, and then we go into communicating through conflict red flags, green flags, yellow flags, boundary setting. Um, Oh, this is a big one that people need help with is pacing of emotional investment into the relationship. So what does that mean? Can you explain? Yeah. So learning how to pace your relationship because, you know, people will just invest dive into it i have a friend that does that with every guy she dates i'm like oh my god like seriously slow down yeah like and then she doesn't like him i'm like see i mean i don't want to say i told you so but i'm like because you did too much like you you did too i mean not to say that would have worked out if they didn't do too much but you know why are you letting him in so much like to do all these things with you and no meet people from 100 friends all right go ahead continue (laughs) it's so hard to watch and i know because i did it in the past yeah and you know after the third date I'd be calling my family and be like oh I'm gonna marry this person right and it's like slow it down so I teach people how to do the slow burn and how to build a secure attachment 
right? And, and build a relationship where people are earning your vulnerability and they are earning your emotional investment. So how, how to be a love scientist is, is like the second part of the course. And I That's do hope cool. people who are in relationships as well, because uh-huh. obviously when you change yourself, you change your relationship. And typically women who go through the program who are in a relationship, they get to decide, is this the relationship for me? Is this person going to grow with me? Or they exit the relationship gracefully with new knowledge, knowing that this person can't grow with me. Either outcome is a win, right? But right. Um, I've seen I've seen it go both ways. But I love what I do. I love coaching women. We we have such an amazing group of women right now, and I'm I'm just so grateful. That's fantastic. That's so is the is the course taped or is it live? Um, is it a group? Like what what's the dynamic of your course? So we do it all. We have a online course that you have lifetime access to. We have weekly group coaching sessions twice a week. Mm-hmm. And we have one-on-one coaching, which I think really sets us apart from other programs. Mm-hmm. Um, because I know that one-on-one coaching is really important to people. So we do offer that. So you get customized time for you. Um, That's great. So it's yeah. like a therapy session basically to help you work with your, yeah. your clients to yeah. help them get through their stuff and kind of like a more intimate situation and focused on their issues. Yes. And, and my favorite thing is, you know, women who I've coached two years ago or who've done it a year ago, and they're, they're always messaging me like, Hey, I'm engaged or Hey. You oh, know, that's so great. That I probably am, makes you feel so happy. And yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Babies and you know, or like, Ooh, I got a huge promotion. I have so much self-confidence. And now I'm, I have someone who's now becoming the CEO of a company. I'm like, damn, you really did the work girl. Right. So, um, it's, it's awesome to watch. I just love it. That's so great. Have you seen, um, I, and I want to touch a little bit because we're almost out of time, sadly, but I want to, and I want to touch on the other, I mean, there's, I know there's four, but the, the other piece of the, uh, anxious person, uh, attachment style, have you seen, um, any difference in the dynamics at all post COVID? Well, not really post COVID, but like after the, the lockdown and, and the dating, if, if not, that's you have, okay, you're shaking your head. Yes. Okay. Can you just explain a little bit about what you've seen, um, with amongst your clients and so forth in that way? So I know that COVID has been so hard on people and I just want to mm-hmm. acknowledge that. I realize that, and there's ways that it has been hard on people who are dating and there's ways that it's really <laughs> given people massive clarity about what they want. We got mm-hmm. to sit at home with our journals and get really clear on what matters. And I think going through this time of stress and all the uncertainty, it also is for, for the people who maybe are avoidantly attached and are hyper independent, they're mm-hmm. sort of cued into now, ooh, having a partner would actually be really great to navigate times like this, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's a lot of people who have more clarity and know what they want. And and, I mean, online dating shot up. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of opportunity. There's a ton of opportunity. There's a ton of people who have more clarity on what they want. I, you know, there's, there's research that marriage rates are going up. Um, It's a great time to to be dating. 
honestly. And divorce rates too, because I guess, as you yeah. say, you have the clarity yeah. and you're sitting and you're really able to make like better choices for yourself because you had the time to actually process as opposed to just running from point A to point B all the time. Like Absolutely. you normally do. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's definitely a positive um, me- uh, mental health part of <laughs> there's other unhealthy parts, but let's focus on the happy stuff right now. Okay. So let's touch on the avoidant personality or not personality, the avoidant attachment style. Who is that? I know we spoke about it a little bit. Let's, that too is, could be in most cases, um, like a aftermath or a, um, a result, I should say of a parenting style. Um, and they tend to be more afraid of their emotions, afraid of attachment. They don't like themselves. Mm -hmm. They don't, they too don't think they're worthy of love. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, the avoidantly attached person, they really do want intimacy, but they just don't know how to do it. And they'll they'll really struggle with if a relationship starts to get close, like this is the guy you go on the date with and you have an amazing, amazing time and you're so connected and then they don't call you for a week. <laughs> like the better it feels, the closer it gets, it's going to bring up that hyper-independent fear response from them. So they do not want to depend on you. They don't want you to depend on them. They have fears around that because it didn't go well for them in their childhood. So the avoidantly attached person also really struggles with setting boundaries. They have so much fear that if they set a boundary with you, that you're going to blow up or you're going to reject them. So I, I know I'm going a little bit deeper, but no, like the, fine. The growth area for the avoidantly attached person is to learn how to show up in the relationship, express their emotions, and learn how to set boundaries openly and honestly, um, and to learn that they can have interdependence. So instead What's of that, yeah, What's so interdependence, right? So. The avoidantly attached person's default is hyper-independence where they're overly independent. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The anxious attached person would desire codependency where you're like one person, you become one. Mm. That is the avoidantly attached person's nightmare. So <laughs> both of the sorry, funny. Both of the, <laughs> I know it just sounded funny. So both of them, right? Anxiously attached and avoidantly attached. They have to learn how to have interdependence where, yes, they can depend on one another. They have shared time together and they have their independent time and they have that self-reliance that both can be true, that it's not one or the other, right? It's not all me or all the relationship. I can hold on to myself and I can hold on to the relationship and I can honor the needs of both and get support from myself and support from my partner um, mm-hmm. both anxious and avoidant attachment need to get to that, that norm. Love that. I often say, I always give this analogy. I don't know why it just came popped in my head one day and it's stuck. Um, it's like the icing on the cake. Like the, the icing makes the cake taste better, but you can definitely enjoy the cake and eat the cake without the icing. So they can coexist, but one can, and I like icing on its own too. I'm weird. I like sweet, I have a sweet tooth <laughs> a little bit. So like they can, they can kind of live on their own, but they also, like it, it makes for a better product mix it i have a metaphor for this too i say that you want a relationship where the person is not your entire world but they Mm -hmm. are your favorite 
continent to visit. I love that one. That's better than the cake. <laughs> and it's fat free. Awesome. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. All right. I love this was a fun combo. We'll have to have you back on for I sure. There's so much to talk about. All right. So tell everybody how they can find you. We're going to link um, in the show notes all of that information as well as a link to your course. If any of our Race for the Ring listeners want to uh, sign on up, it sounds amazing. So I think everybody should. All right, go ahead. <laughs> so I'd love to connect with you. The best way is Instagram and it's just at Dr. Morgan Coaching, DR Morgan Coaching. I also have a podcast as well called Let's oh. Get Vulnerable. Um, and what else do we have? YouTube, all the things. But if you just find me on Instagram, that's that's the best way. So thank you right. so much for having me. What a blast. Oh, of course. That was so fun. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Race for the Ring. If you liked today's episode, please write us a review. They can make or break a good podcast, just like a dull dude can be the kiss of death to a date. I'll catch you next week. And in the meantime, be sure to say hi and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. My handles and contacts are in the show notes. It's been my pleasure to have you along for today's dating debate. Bye-bye. 